and take 64. One, two, three, four. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast from two moms who can speak fluently about cartoons, but have zero opinions about HBO's The Deuce. I'm Deborah, And I'm Katie. And I have a seven-year-old named Tony and twin four-year-olds named Libby and Nate. And I have one two-year-old named Jay. Well, this is the time in our show where we like to tell some stories about something adorable our kids did. Because in addition to being incisive pop culture consumers, we're also moms. So let's just get it out of the way. What's something adorable your kids did this week, Deborah? Well, my seven-year-old snuck downstairs after bedtime and is <laughs> sitting on the couch in the playroom, a.k.a. my recording studio. <laughs> it's pretty cute. I can second that. It is pretty cute. How about Jay? Well, Jay is in the throes of his terrible twos, and when he was having one of his many tantrums the other day, he was just, like, screaming inconsolably for a really long time, and then he finally finished up, and I was carrying him, and he just patted me on the back and said, I'm proud of you, Mommy. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm proud of me for making it through that, too, kid. That was rough. (laughs) oh isn't that cute when they like pat you on the back like the way you pat them on the back yes it is stinking adorable I love it yeah that melts my heart (laughs) have there been any more changes to your screen time policy since we last talked we are still doing great on the screen time Fridays my kids don't even ask for it on weekdays after school it's awesome that is awesome yeah, and last Friday, I even reminded them. I was like, it's screen time Friday. <laughs> they were like, no, Mom, we want to hey. do wholesome things. Total side note, but have you heard of this new app called Pinna? No, how do you spell it? P-I-N-N-A. Because I no, know we've talked before so. about podcasts for kids. And apparently <gasps> the Panoply oh. Network has its own app now that they've released just for kids content and I downloaded it and it seems like there's not a ton there that's aimed towards kids Jay's age but there's a lot of content if you feel like checking it out was it in the arts and leisure column of the New York Times this past weekend oh no I think I did advertised on another podcast I was listening okay I I think I read about it because there was this big article about um how podcasts for kids are like a you don't have the guilt associated with screen time because they're actually engaged and learning things and i learned that my family's favorite kid oriented podcast wow in the world was started in guy raz and mindy's like basement oh really and they self-funded it oh yeah. so there's still hope for us <laughs> Yeah, if only we were as wholesome for our listeners as Wow in the World is for children. (laughs) (laughs) We can move on to the actual topic of the show. (laughs) My Little Pony! Friendship is magic! (laughs) I feel like this is where we would have sound effects if we had sound effects. So, My Little Pony is 
a show based on a toy from our youth. We started with the pilot, but it's currently in its seventh seventh season. And Twilight Sparkle is sent to Ponyville to get help with like her socialization. And so in Ponyville, she meets all of these friends. She meets Moon Dancer, Applejack, Rainbow Dash, Rarity, Fluttershy, Pinkie Pie, and they have adventures. And it's a cute show and nostalgia filled because we grew up playing with My Little Ponies, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So why did we pick it? I actually got the feeling like we had been doing a lot of boys centric programming lately. And it really, last week's episode really drove that home with Ninjago because the Ninja Bros were so right. boy centric. <laughs> we felt like we needed to flip a script and do something that was transparently girl centric. Yeah. And this show, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, was actually suggested to me by one of my twins' best friends, who happens to be a four-year-old boy, but he loves this show. This show is beloved. I feel like even before I had a child, it was kind of like just in the air that it was a mm-hmm. really good children's program, That I and I was kind of skeptical about it, so I was excited to check it out. So we started by watching the pilot, as we always do, Friendship is Magic. We also watched an episode from season four and an episode from season six. Even though it's serialized, we thought we could go with a sample. So we'll start by going through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. Okay, so I should probably start with a disclaimer that usually I take the time to type up my notes so they're organized and I kind of know what I'm going to say in advance, but I kind of ran out of time this week, so I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. So, season one, episode one, we get a little introduction at the beginning to the world of My Little Ponies. The world that they live in is called Equestria, and they explain at the beginning the sort of foundation myth of their world and that is that there are two sister ponies that are rulers and one is the sun and one is the moon and the moon grows to resent the sun so she refuses to lower the moon one day to let the sun shine and she wants it to be eternal night but her sister uses something called the elements of harmony to defeat her and banish her to the moon and the moon pony's name is nightmare moon so that's the little myth that begins the series and then we're introduced to our protagonist twilight sparkle who is a unicorn pony i don't know for those of you who weren't little girls in the 1980s there are three kinds of my little ponies there are unicorns pegasuses pegasi (laughs) The ones with wings and just your standard everyday ponies. So Twilight Sparkle is a unicorn and she's a super bookworm and she's kind of obsessed with the idea of the elements of harmony. She thinks that according to a prophecy, the mare in the moon is going to return and make it eternal night. So she writes a letter to the princess and the princess says, slow down, Twilight Sparkle. You're overreacting. Please go prepare for the summer sun celebration in this town called Ponyville. And while you're at it, make some friends. Uh, So she goes to Ponyville and she meets a bunch of other ponies, unicorns, and pegasuses. 
that go on to become her friends. And when the Summer Sun celebration eventually starts, they open a curtain for the big reveal of the princess, and the princess is not there. It is Nightmare Moon instead, and Twilight Sparkle was right all along. The prophecy was correct. And then it cuts to black, and it's obviously continued at the second episode that we did not watch. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think of this pilot? I liked it. I like... I'm kind of a sucker for any sort of female ensemble type show. And so I love any show, adult or kid, where there's like a group of females and they all have like their own standout personality. It's sort of like the Spice Girls, except ponies and it's a cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) So I I liked it. I agree. Compared to a lot of the other pilots we have watched... It was very nuanced. Did like the storytelling seemed a bit more sophisticated. And I don't know how much of the fact that I liked it was driven by nostalgia, like you were saying before, and how much was actually due to the quality of the show. But I really I could feel, certainly in comparison to the other serialized shows we've watched, a distinct jump in quality. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The mm-hmm. plot was good. Yeah, and I loved the opening sequence. It was a really good intro. Yeah, it sucked you into the story right away without being super complicated, like, for example, the preface to Elena of Avalor, which I feel like was just a little mind-bogglingly complicated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It also probably helps that the sun and moon myth is uh, pretty common in cultures throughout the world. I feel like we've all heard some variation on this before. Mm -hmm. And the characters are likable. I have to say one thing that probably only bothers me because I'm a horrible person is (laughs) (laughs) that, and this is not just My Little Pony Friendship and Magic is Magic. This is every show or movie about an outsider ever, whether it's made for children or adults. Whenever that outsider, whether through his or her own volition or because he or she is forced by someone else, decides to become less of an outsider and make friends, they're immediately surrounded by people who want to be their friends. And that is not how the world works. Exactly. I mean, I'm carrying a lot of personal baggage into this because we move move around a lot, so I have to make new friends a lot. And I'm sorry, the simple will to make friends does not draw people to you like flies. Sorry, Twilight Sparkle. I was a little jealous of you when you arrived in Ponyville. Everyone wanted to be your friend. That's a good point. You're making a really sad face. It is just my personal baggage. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing this episode was notable for, I thought, not a single boy pony. Right? Yeah, that's true. There were in other episodes, but... Yeah, it was completely female. I have not ever watched shows on Netflix before. Mm -hmm. So I got a Netflix trial just for the show. And it is, of all the streaming platforms, like I can compare it to Hulu and Amazon, it is aggressive with the next episode. Yeah, they do come up really quick. It does not give you a lot of time. You can't pause. Mm -hmm. Like now I get binge watching. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Netflix facilitated it. I've been missing out. (laughs) 
All right, should we move on to our season four, episode 10, which is called Rainbow Falls? Yes. So in this episode, Rainbow Dash, Fluttershy, and this white male horse named Bulk Biceps are a team trying to qualify for the Equestria Games in a flying relay race. And an opposing team, the Cloudsdale team, they lost a member to injury, so they convinced Rainbow Dash to fill in on their team during practices. And then they asked her to join their team permanently. So Rainbow Dash has to decide whether to be loyal to the Ponyville team and possibly lose or to take the Cloudsdale opportunity and be pretty much guaranteed a win. And so she avoids the choice and fakes an injury, lands in the infirmary. So ultimately, she realizes that the Cloudsdale team is really just trying to boot their injured pony um, off the team because his wing was healed. And they thought Rainbow Dash was a better flyer. So she ultimately chooses her own team after she figures that out. Her team, her home team is a pretty sorry team. <laughs> yeah. Bulk biceps for all of his brute strength. Like he is not agile. Because <laughs> he's focused he's on his biceps. Have you ever seen pictures or video of bodybuilders who have really worked their biceps to the point where like they can't fully extend their arms <laughs> I don't know that is what I thought of when I saw bulk biceps I was like well yeah of course you can't fly you've been working too much on that upper body <laughs> yeah it was funny that he was like I don't know like an Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day stereotypical like Low on intelligence, high on muscle mass. Also enthusiasm. (laughs) Yes, yep. (laughs) And it was great that because we skipped around, he was the first male character that we had ever seen. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that it's, and this is, kids shows often do this. They try to tell like a moral about staying loyal Mm -hmm. to like your team, or in this case, the ponies to which you belong. Um, But in real life, what would you really coach your kid to do? Like be on the winning team or be on the team with your pals? I don't know. Well, I feel like it would be a different calculus if like, because they were at the trials, she would have really been leaving her team in the lurch if she had taken the good team up on this. I feel like there were a couple throwaway moments here, and one I forgot to mention from the pilot that just really spoke to me as an adult. And one was that Applejack, who is attending the trials as sort of like a supporter or a cheerleader, she baked them all Apple Brown Bettys, but during the trials, (laughs) she's just like compulsively stress-eating them. (laughs) Yeah. I was was like, yes, Applejack. That's reality. <laughs> and it actually happened in the pilot, too, where um, Pinkie Pie throws a surprise party for Twilight Sparkle. And Twilight Sparkle is not happy to be at the surprise party. So she just stomps to the drinks table and pours herself a drink. <laughs> and it is her attitude is like, I need some booze now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I missed that. I know. We've talked so much about like winking moments that kids shows put in for adults 
and there's a line, but this seemed to ride that line really well for me. Yeah, totally. I also wrote something down. You were saying earlier about how you liked that all of the friends represented very distinct personality traits. What was the uh, comparison you made? Spice Girls. To the Spice Girls. Because what I had written, what I had written down, maybe it was because I had the 1980s in my head, but I said they were like the Babysitters Club. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's where my like love of female ensemble comes from. I'm sure that was like my first exposure to it. Yeah, I would agree. The Babysitters were definitely formative. So the last episode we watched was season six, episode eleven, Flutter Brother, and. It was about Fluttershy's black sheep brother, whose name is Zephyr Breeze. And while Fluttershy and Rainbow Dash are having a lovely lunch with Fluttershy's parents, they discover that Zephyr Breeze has failed out of main therapy school and come home to live with his parents again. And Fluttershy is so frustrated because she feels like her brother is just a freeloader and he needs to stand on his own two feet and he's taking advantage of his parents. And she's totally right. So Zephyr is being a total jerk. So Fluttershy convinces her parents to kick Zephyr out for his own good, at which point Zephyr moves in with Fluttershy because he has nowhere else to go. And she says he can stay if he gets a job, which he reluctantly agrees to, but then is totally ill-prepared when she takes the initiative and gets him several jobs, which he inevitably, he just kind of self-sabotages immediately all the jobs that she gets him with all her different friends. So she kicks him out again, and he goes to live in the forest and has a horrible time of it. (laughs) So she takes pity on him, says that he can come back and live with her, but only if he does exactly what she says. So she forces him to go through with his test hairstyle for main therapy school, just following directions, not giving up when things got hard. And he does it and he feels very proud of himself, like he can do things on his own. And then they fast forward to when he successfully graduates from main therapy training and realizes how to be his own pony. I would also add that Fluttershy and her parents are really not very assertive people. Yes. And Rainbow Dash is kind of prodding Fluttershy to be more assertive. Right. In the way she deals with the failure to launch situation. The character design of Zephyr Breeze is hilarious. He has like this tousled blonde pony bun, which I guess is the My Little Pony equivalent of a man bun and like permanent Mm -hmm. stubble. He's very, he's very much the perfect stereotype of the free spirit. I love one of the things that I love about this show is that it is not super heteronormative. I mean, you can easily imagine that if this were like an adult show, Zephyr is clearly gay. I don't know. He's always talking about how much Rainbow Dash loves him. She's gay too, though. Are you just saying she's gay because she's an athlete? Maybe. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we all have our moments. 
<laughs> but he's he's not like a hype. Well, he's not. I was afraid when we were introduced to um, bulk biceps that the male characters were going to be really stereotypical testosterone-y, and Zephyr is not that. But I feel like they were both very satisfying stereotypes of men (laughs) in different ways. (laughs) His, like, rock-bottom moment in the woods where he's, like, trying to go to sleep and trying to start a fire, and he's like, come on, sticky stick, like, trying to start a fire, and it doesn't work, and then he's, like, just decides to fall asleep, and then... Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy come upon him. And it turns out it's like the middle of the day. (laughs) That was hilarious. Okay, first of all, not all of us are very good at camping, Deborah. And (laughs) if I were camping by myself in the woods, in the middle of the day, I might come to a point where I was like, well, I just don't know what to do. I guess it's bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) But it does. It did make me think, like, this is the nightmare situation that you imagine as a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your kid never leaving home. I don't know. You love your kids and you want to take care of them and stuff, but you have to give them the gift of independence. You can't let them walk all over you. But it's so hard and it's so not... It's kind of not how modern parenting is set up. No, not at all. At no, least not how people modern used motherhood to have, is set up. No, you used to have kids just so that you have like extra hands on the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Flutter Brother was Brother was definitely my favorite yeah. episode of the three that we watched. It was just so different than a regular kids show plot. Yeah, because it's not something you think of as a lesson that a child needs to be taught. How to give your freeloading brother a kick in the pants yeah. so he becomes self-sufficient. Which is a really sophisticated <laughs> angle, which is maybe a good segue to take to our more um, general thoughts about the show. Because that is something that is said about the show is that it takes a much more sophisticated tack to plotting and character development than do most other children's shows. So mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that we found that to be apparent from the jump. Sorry, I stepped on your toes a little bit. Do you want to go back and talk about our history with My Little Ponies? You know, I played with the toys, but I don't remember a show for my youth. Neither do I, but I definitely did play with the toys. I feel like the toy options when we were kids, it was like Barbie or My Little Pony, and I was much more My Little Pony than Barbie. Yeah, I liked both. My mom saved a lot of those toys, and so there are still some My Little Ponies when we go to my parents' house that my kids can play with. They're cute. I have to say that I did give several of My Little Ponies, uh, of my My Little Ponies, I gave them mohawks, so there would be boy and girl My Little Ponies. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I did look back at some older versions of the ponies, and they have always kind of had that, like, slim body shape that obviously isn't that of a normal horse, but I do feel like they've skinnied up. 
Oh, yeah. The show that we watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really, they're Kate Moss ponies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With huge eyes. They're, it's a weird animation style. It's like sort of anime-ish because of the big eyes mm-hmm. and the bold colors. I don't know enough about image animation to really speak intelligently about it but they do not they don't have the aesthetic of the my little ponies from our youth yeah they're definitely very svelte ponies and i think if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time you can glean how i feel about that just let ponies be ponies (laughs) (laughs) you're okay with all these different personality types but you're not okay with any different pony body types with Good the exception point. of bulk, bi- bulk biceps. Good point, Who is Katie. kind of played for laughs. How do you feel like this compared to other girl-focused shows? So all the main characters are female, and it's like definitely a pastel, like pink and purple type show. But I don't know. I feel like there's an appeal to both boys and girls watching it. But that's maybe just my non-gendered bias towards kids programming, I guess. I mean, definitely the color palette, like you said, can kind of put one off if you are an adult who has been exposed to the princesses are are horrible for our children mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a little hard to adjust to. I guess that was the only thing that I objected to. I don't know. We've steered far afield from talking about this without our children in mind. I preferred it to other girl-centric shows we've watched, like DC Superhero Girls and Elena of Avalor. I thought it was more nuanced and more enjoyable to watch uh, as an adult, Mm -hmm. which I was very surprised by because you wouldn't think something that's so cotton candy colored would be so enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it was totally fun. I did have fun casting oh yeah the adult version of the show so in the first episode Pinkie Pie comes on and she is just like Shoshana on Girls played by Zosha Mamet oh no I can't do the girls references okay go on I know I'm so 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 that's an easy one I would cast Kristen Shaw as Fluttershy oh I think that's a good choice I would cast Ellen Page as Rainbow Dash, and maybe I'm stereotyping that one too mar- too much. Um, remember Charlene Yee from Knocked Up? Yes. Yeah, I would cast her as Rarity. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> that seems playing against type, but okay, I like it. I think she could do it. I think it'd be funny. Okay. And then, do you know Aparna Nanchurla? I think she's not really an actor, more like a comedian and writer. Why is her name ringing a bell to me? She's done. She must have been on some podcasts. She's been on some podcasts. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's where I know her from. Okay, but I think she'd be good as Twilight Sparkle. All right. I like I said, I did piss poor preparation for this episode, so I didn't really do some totally thought out casting. Um. I did do some thinking about what adult show and or movie this compares to. And just like you were saying with the ensemble shows. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. The one that immediately jumped to mind was 
Sex in the City because I can see yeah. sitting around and having the same sort of conversation that you have, you know, anytime you would go out with a group of four girlfriends, it's either like which Sex in the City character are you or which golden girl are you like and you're yeah, going to, to assign totally. roles not that I'm ever going out with a group of six other girlfriends because that's a big group of people <laughs> but I can totally see it sitting down and being like oh which one's the pinky pie you know <laughs> yeah and there's so many shows like that and I love them all sisterhood of the traveling pants <laughs> yes another good one the characters from bridesmaids <laughs> foxfire which is kind of like a late 90s, like, indie Angelina film. Jolie, maybe? She might have been in it based on a Joyce Carol Oates novel of the same name. I just, I don't know. That's my kind of genre. I love that kind of movie. I like show. it. So My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is right up your street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to ask, did you give it any thought? Which Which pony would you be? That's a tough one. Well, I always, I mean, you want to be somebody like Twilight Sparkle, or you want to be like Miranda. You want to be like a serious person. Yeah. And that's how Twilight Sparkle is. Like, she's the bookworm, right? Right. But I might be more of an Applejack. (laughs) (laughs) Really, when it comes down to it, I'm kind of a superficial person. I don't. I feel like Applejack like, is food superficial. Is She's language. just friendly. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? I don't. Yeah, I asked that question not having given it any thought. Um, I mean, I'm pretty shy, so maybe Fluttershy, but she's way too nice. She was cute. I liked Fluttershy a lot, especially in the pilot episode. <laughs> she can barely get a word out. It was cute. Sadly, that is something I've worked to overcome my whole life. So maybe I I pick Fluttershy. (laughs) So neither of us watched the previous incarnations of My Little Pony, so we can't really speak to whether or not it was better when we were kids. But my question to you is, having been in the toy aisle in Target and other stores, is there still much My Little Pony merch? I kind of feel like the show has kind of surpassed the merch even though it was based on a toy to begin with. Is that inaccurate? My kids know some of the My Little Ponies from those stupid egg-opening videos. (laughs) And we have a little rainbow dash that my daughter Libby, like, spent her own allowance money on one of those toy, like, those little toy things at Target. So you can get, you can get, like, the weird package like surprise egg type mm-hmm. thing. But I don't I I haven't been looking for um the my little pony section at Target, so I don't really know. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? I mean probably not, but now that I have the Netflix trial, maybe I will. And they're so aggressive. I mean I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind watching this alone more than a lot of other kids' shows. Agreed. I don't know that I will, but I would if there were like some bizarro circumstance where like there was no age appropriate content available. (laughs) So have you watched the new Will and Grace? No, I have not because to be honest, I didn't watch much of the original. I loved Will and Grace and we just watched the pilot of the reboot 
And to be honest, if I were on a plane and the only two viewing choices were New Will and Grace or My Little Pony, I would probably choose My Little Pony. Oh, Friendship that is, is magic. High praise. Yeah. Or else the new Will and Grace was really bad. I did catch a little snippet, and my first thought was that it looks exactly the same. And all the people look exactly the same. Like, they haven't really aged. They have not aged at all. It is super weird. One thing that we didn't talk about that I feel like we're a little bit obliged to touch on in this episode is the phenomenon of bronies. Have you heard of this? Since I read your show notes, I have. (laughs) I don't know how I knew about this then. Okay, so bronies are this thing... This unexpected thing where My Little Pony Friendship is Magic developed a really intense fandom outside of their uh, intended demographic, which was obviously young girls, and that was adult males. Adult males? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird. Who call themselves bronies, and... I did some reading, and at this point, the community, it's, like, taken as a point of pride, and they talk about how it's all about appreciating the more sophisticated storytelling of children's programming, which I'm totally behind, but I couldn't get past the initial feeling that it was a sex thing. Yeah, it seems kind of icky. Guys... If it really is about appreciating sophisticated storytelling, we are living in peak TV. There yeah. is grown-up TV that has just as sophisticated storytelling. And I'm okay. not putting down these wonderful people who write for My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. It is good for a kid's show, but there's other stuff out there for you. Okay, so I have this thing on our Amazon app mm-hmm. where I have programmed in like a password for shows with explicit content. Like if I watch transparent, I have to enter a five digit pin number. Mm -hmm. So I know that my kids can't watch anything like that. I feel like there should be the reverse Uh, for like a pedophilic 4chan. I mean, I feel bad because I don't want to hide anyone's light under a bushel. And if there is some guy out there who just like really loves the stories more power to you I just it feels icky to me yeah thanks for bringing us down Katie I thought brony just meant like the male ponies in the show so I'm glad you brought it up I'm glad you clarified yeah they're dudes that love my little pony and I didn't delve too far I mean there's a huge fan fiction community around it and I'm sure (laughs) if I looked I would be seeing some explicit things because fan fiction does have its explicit things occasionally (laughs) (laughs) so let's do 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids (laughs) I think I'd be totally fine if my kids wanted to watch it on screen time Friday yeah I agree I find it to be a perfectly pleasant way more pleasant than a lot of other things he could be watching Way to spend an afternoon. Ratings? I'd give it four stars, I think. Yeah, I think I might even go as far as 4.5. I found it really surprisingly good. I was prepared to be totally poo-pooing 
the pink pastel sparkly world and it won me over. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or any general comments at myscreentime2. Or you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah Copperud and her adorable children. And It's My Screen Time 2 is produced by me, Katie Curler. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye! It's my screen time!